Hey y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And if you can hear the excitement in my voice, it's because this is a special episode for me. It's episode 341, and I get to chat with my friend Courtney Cleveland as she interviews me about my new book with the same title, Don't Mom Alone. Subtitle, Growing the Relationships You Need to Be the Mom You Want to Be. And it is out today, October 12th. But it seems a lot of copies have made their way out and about into friends' hands. They've been tagging me on social media and it is such a joy to have other people excited with me to have spent the amount of time and energy working on this and to finally be able to share it with people. I can't even tell you. It's really a delight. I'm having so much fun. And so thank you to those of you who have bought copies. And if you're curious to know more about what's the book about, what what am I going to read about? Well, that's what this episode will offer you. So thanks for tuning in. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Hi, Heather. Oh my goodness. This is so fun. So sweet. So real excited about oh this new venture adventure for you. And honestly, I just feel really honored that I get to talk to you today about your new book. Congratulations on your book, baby. Because yes, the truth is that we for years have been getting to hear you interview other people and I mean, if we're honest, we really want to hear from you. And so I'm so, so excited about this book. It's so good, Heather. It's exactly what I needed. And I really want you to tell everybody how it's laid out because I think it's so unique and just a very special offering for moms that I have not seen. Well, that's a God thing because when I signed this book contract, I had pitched a different book. And that might be book two. So, but God really led me. He's like, you don't have a resource to hand a mom besides 300 podcast episodes, which is super overwhelming. Like if I, Mm. if I met a mom and she was desperate, I couldn't say, well, I've got these 300 podcast episodes. Just go listen to those. It's like, what? So this felt like a, okay, I can hand her a book and that can get her started and kind of point her where she needs to go and whatever. My husband says it's like a resource, like something she could keep by her side. And so how it's set up, there's 12 overall chapters. Each chapter covers a different isolating idea that I've experienced over the years that kind of kept me from community. And then it presents a connecting truth. And so with each chapter too, I point you to podcast episodes I have done on that content. At the very end, there's going to be a QR code that'll take you. And so if you want to go deeper on any of those, I can kind of help there, but it really is a lot of my stories and it's divided up this kind of, again, is a God thing that he pointed me to do this, but the first third of the book is your relationship with God. The second third is your relationship with others. And the third is connecting to your kids. And I just felt like if we're really not going to mom alone, it's not just about, okay, you need to have friends. It's, I have to get my chunk figured out with God Mm. first and really release a lot of wrong beliefs that I'm holding about my kids, about me and about God. And then 
there are like tips and tricks to being in healthy community and being in a good marriage. And then I really can't be the mom I want to be if I'm not connected to my kids. So I kind of address four main topics. I get a lot of questions about and just dive into those and share my own junk. So that's how the book's laid out. It's so brilliant. I think that it is going to be an awesome reference tool to have like by your bedside or that you can just grab when you're like, I am panicking. Like I'm believing something that's not true in this scenario. And I need somebody to like talk me through this or remind me about the truth. Uh, Point me back to center because our kids just knock us around all day long. I just am so excited that I feel like I get this like personal mentor session, honestly. Today, we are going to talk through some different sections of the book. What led you to believe that a mom is important, but not essential? Like this is a huge thing for me. I'm always wanting to control my kid and like the outcome. And this is a huge reframing. Can you just talk, define these things for me and tell me more about like what got you here? I definitely am the achiever type who wants to do things really well and performance oriented. And so motherhood, that's like a joke to think Mm -hmm. that I'm going to perform my way into achieving everybody else's approval and acceptance, but I tried. And I mean, I totally believe you can do those Pinterest birthday parties and it is coming from a pure hearted place. And there are moms that that is just their wiring and their brand. And I would never begrudge her that, but I know Mm -hmm. in my own heart, a lot of times I did those perfect parties was for other people to say, you're an amazing mom Mm -hmm. or any craft I would do. I remember like, even when I had my blog and I would be posting about these really fun crafts that help teach your kids about Jesus. And then behind the scenes, I was super frustrated with my kids and I was kind of yelling at them. And I thought, this isn't it. Not lining. <laughs> this is not it. And it just didn't resonate with me even. Like I felt mm-hmm. like a fraud. Like I'm presenting this amazing thing as if, if you do this, your children will turn out X, Y, and Z. And I think it was sitting in a session with a mentor where she said, um, the only reason I talk to moms now is because my children turned out. And I was like, well, while I admire you waiting to release wisdom, she's also communicating that you can fail, that your actions are directly tied to the outcome of your child. And I do not agree because I've seen really successful people that were raised in a foster care system and they're God is still using it. So we're not essential. God is still capable of doing amazing, miraculous things in our kids' lives outside of us. He doesn't need us. Mm. But I also believe that he invites us in to be a part of the story. And I think back, and I've shared this on multiple episodes of Samuel's mom and Moses's mom. If they were only interacting with those boys for while they were breastfeeding, which at that time was probably till they were five. And those two boys became men who chose God and could hear his voice and could follow him. Both had encounters with the living God. And their moms only revealed God to them for those first five years. So they're important. It's not wasted. Your love, your care, their ability to feel what love feels like because of your hugs and your kisses and your responses. That's important. It matters. matters. And I would never want to tell a mom it doesn't. But he doesn't need you. (laughs) So Mm. he can work his plans he planned in advance for them to do 
And so I just want to free moms up in that first chapter or two. And there's this formula concept. Dallas is, and I'm sure it happens in other places, but Dallas is filled with formulas. And it's this idea that we have to follow this plan in order to create this great product. And then if it's all about making this great product, that's saying that I'm creating an idol and I'm chiseling away and shaping and molding to create this thing that I'm now worshiping, which is like so screwed up. Yeah. Which you think like this continues to evolve in like mother-in-law relationships, you know, because we don't let go of our boys in some ways. I don't know. Like still now we want something to show our friends in our old age, like how this whole thing turned out. I just think this is like such a powerful way to start your book because I can imagine that this is a phrase that no woman has heard ever. It's a concept of round mothering that is, it's so mind boggling. It's like, I have to maybe sit with that for several years. I don't know about y'all, but my feet have gotten very used to comfort, whether it's some sort of flip-flop sandal or sneakers or a fuzzy slipper. And so all this out and about business this fall has put my wardrobe to the test. And I'm super thankful that I have my pair of Rothy's pointed toe flats because not only are they comfortable, they're really cute and machine washable. And here's the great deal. They have an exclusive autumn collection that they just released with washable merino wool styles with a variety of colors, patterns, even the guys. You need to check out their men's sneakers, their men's driving loafers. They have the same level of craftsmanship as the Rothy's women line, and they are durable. My favorite part, they're washable, and they're better for the planet. If you want to check them out, I have an amazing deal for you. To help you welcome fall season in style, Rothy's is doing something special. That's right. They gave us the chance to share this super rare opportunity with our listeners for a limited time. Right now, you can get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone. That's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S, dot com slash DMA. Head to rothys.com slash DMA to find your new favorites today. One thing that's come up for me is that I'm constantly being reminded of my childhood experience, watching my kids and just beliefs that I have about myself are constantly creeping up. And in a lot of ways, it's like me trying to heal my inner child through controlling theirs, like rewriting my story in their story. And I'm just curious how this has shown up in your life and did this surprise you as a mom and how have you navigated this? hundred percent. I mean, I think it shocks every mom that they may have even made a vow. I will never allow X, Y, and Z to happen to my child. I will never treat my child the way I was treated. I like, I mean, we're going to get into the anger part. Like I'm going to never yell at my kids or you're in this environment of um, complete vulnerability, sending your heart out Mm. into the world. And you have a teacher give you feedback and you're like, what? 
And it feels like a direct attack on you and who you are. And you're thinking, why is this hurting so badly? Why do I care so much? What is happening? And the third and fourth chapters of the book really lean into a lot of my journey of inner healing prayer and just God working on some of the wrong beliefs I was holding. And I think like we'd said before, the gift of motherhood is you get to, if you choose to unearth some of Mm. that. So for me, my example of this, and then I just encourage other people to do it is this like fear of missing out this struggle, whether it was I'm choosing to stay home. I have four young kids and I am missing out on all these opportunities that my friends in the speech language pathology field are getting, or I'm missing out on not getting this speaking opportunity, or I'm missing out because I can't be a lady who lunches. I have a napping child. And so Mm. all the moms in my oldest son's grade who are they have two kids and they're done with babies. I'm still in the baby stage. So I'm missing out and just really connecting with God there. It really stemmed from, I was homeschooled from third through eighth grade and I have a vivid memory. And this is where memories it's like, whenever I talk to someone and a memory comes up really quickly for them, I think that's it. That's where God wants to meet Mm. you. He wants you to bring that memory to him. Mm. And I did, I brought this memory of me being in youth group at a church. We went to in Indianapolis and I could picture, and it really did. It really was. It's a real memory. It's not a fake memory. They're all circled up. And I'm literally on the outside of the circle, looking over their shoulders, wanting to be included, wanting to be invited. So I brought that memory to God and the beliefs I was holding about my unworthiness and just being unseen and discarded. Mm -hmm. And Jesus shows up on the scene. So I confessed all those things I was thinking. And of course, that kind of confession to me is more just like, I know this is what you don't, this does not line up with what you believe about me. So I'm confessing mm. that I mm. have held a wrong belief about who you say I am. So it's not mm. a confession. I did something wrong. I didn't do anything wrong in that situation. Right. And this applies yeah. to abuse. This applies to any parental wounding. You didn't do anything wrong, but in that moment, there's a wrong held belief that we have to acknowledge and say, God, will you forgive me? And he's like, of course, I've been waiting Mm. to, I'm standing right here waiting. And Mm. so Jesus shows up. He takes me by the hand out of that room, that Mm. youth group room leads me outside. And there's this pond I remember, and it has all these cattails, you know, those really random like Uh horn dog looking things. I'm from Louisiana. I know the cattail. Okay. And so he like directs my attention to them. And he says, you see those are super awkward. They're super Mm. like, may not be admired by everyone. He said, I think they're beautiful. I made them. I created Mm. them. And I believe you are beautiful. And right here, right now you are included. And it was a circle of cattails. And it was like that circle of friends. And it was, it just reframed the whole thing for me. Mm. And Jesus whispered, he said, you are included in the best group ever. It's me, God, and the Holy spirit. Mm. You are not missing out. If you're in the middle of my will, you are right where I need you to be. And so just downloaded this truth of being beautiful in his eyes. I didn't have to line up with someone else's definition of that. And I've had other prayer times where God has just slowly peeled layers and Mm. onion layers. If you want to see an onion, just layers and layers and layers of wrong held beliefs to get to the truth of who he says I am. Mm. That's really powerful. Cause I think something that surprised me the most as an adult was I thought that you would like everything that was hard about middle school and high school 
you like grew up out of it. And instead, I feel like we all just grew up together. And it's like a whole mom life is in a lot of ways, a whole nother level of high school and middle school years because and so much of it is centered around feeling excluded. You're either struggling with your kids not feeling included or you're not feeling included. And I think we could stand to all sit in front of Jesus and be reminded of our identity in that. If we would just believe the best about people instead of judging them based on they're holding a wrong belief. The story they're telling themselves is Mm -hmm. keeping them from being vulnerable with you because they, they are thinking things about you that are untrue because of things they're believing about themselves that are untrue. And so we come and the biggest fights I've seen between moms are two broken people not dealing with the things that are weighing hardest on their hearts. I mean, and it's so the enemy who wants to keep us divided. And if we could have these honest conversations, like in our own places with God, and then meet together and see one another instead of out of our insecurities, judge. I think that there's just so much healing people can even do for each other. And in a lot of ways, I feel like friendship has been your whole platform. But one of my favorite things about you is how you have reminded us to stay connected to God and our kids, which has been super helpful in reframing for me what not momming alone means. But in this section, we're talking about friendship. And a lot of times with our kids, we get connected to moms that are different than we are. What have you learned about being in relationship with people that have different parenting styles or beliefs? I mean, you know, we get hooked up with yeah. some randos. Yeah. I mean, to me, the epitome of this is you're at your first play group and none of us know what we're doing, but we've read some article or some book. Oh, yeah. We feel very passionate that this mm. is the way. And we have to go back to what I said in our first conversation. There actually isn't a formula. And so you can let that mom expound on that and not receive it as a, oh my gosh, I better do that. I mean, how many yeah. times did I leave a play group? And then when my, I would talk to my husband next, I was like, Hey, dude, we cannot let our kid cry it out anymore. <laughs> this mom said we're ruining them for the rest Research. of their life. Um, or this other mom said, you have to let them cry it out. So you get your sleep. Like there are so many views and ways. And mm. so it's okay. You cannot control how intensely or passionately they talk about their parenting way, but you Mm. can have good phrases to help you navigate that. Like, oh, that is really great. Thank you for sharing with me. Mm -hmm. You don't have to take it on. You do not have to own that as your thing. You can listen to them and their differences or get curious. Tell me more about that. Tell me more. Tell me more about that. Well, yeah. what works for our family. Yeah. I love yeah. These. Or yes. like a, a mom friend, um, a mentor of mine, someone told her something and sh- her phrase was, I haven't found that to be true for me. Mm. Suffering. I haven't found that to be true for me. You know? So true. Yeah. That hasn't been yeah. my case for my, my kids. And you could just leave it at that. Like, yeah. don't get super defensive. Don't feel like. I think it's when we're secure in what we believe and who we are um, and that these formulas don't really matter, we don't have to take that on. It's the insecurities of motherhood that yeah. cause us to want to attack or defend or debate. And that's just on mothering topics. Lately, it's been like all the topics. 
how you handle vaccine, how you handle quarantine, how you handle political things, how you handle racial reconciliation. So many topics Mm -hmm. that the enemy wants to divide us on. And I really believe we can be friends with people that are different than us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Because I mean, I want the advice. I want to hear that's the benefit of these uh, play groups and, uh, and hearing like, I learned so much, but I think remembering, like you said, to stay connected to the person that in the conversation, instead of like feeling like they are attacking you or, and that just might be their communication style, or they're just trying to like passionately. I mean, listen, my, my communication style is to yell at you because I'm so excited (laughs) about everything. If I can get a group that agrees with me, it reinforces any insecurity Uh, I might have. Like I got to get my posse that agrees 18 month old soccer is the end all be all or else your kids are right. not going to get a scholarship. And then you're yeah. just we'll out starting out. Right. right now. And yeah. And you can be um, pulling on those long socks on a Saturday morning. Not me. Yeah. You do all that stuff with your first kid and then you realize I don't have a life to live. And if you are choosing to do it for you, like there's a lot of things that moms would judge me for doing. I yeah. would always go to the Arboretum and the zoo and I had an outing every single day and moms would judge mm-hmm. me like that was wrong, but that was my sanity. I mean, it sounds yeah. insane, but I had to get out of the house. Yeah. I was a much better mom on the go where the chaos is around us than at home and the chaos is in my kids and I have to control them. Like this I is like, why I travel so much. People are like, I, how do you do it? Yes. I'm like, that's your thing. That's your brand. You stay home. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's like, I'm not expecting you to do this. No, I don't need you to come with me. I'd love it, but I don't need yeah. you. And so it's, it's releasing myself from having to be like the other moms. So I really lean in, in some of these chapters on figuring out your mom brand. Mm. What is your mom brand? And that could be that you work outside the home. That could be, you work from the home. That could be that you are stay at home mom, even in that where we get so divided. So I think freeing us from that, being those kinds of friends. Also, I'm really having done 12 step with our small group, there's a lot of info in these chapters on getting curious about feelings. So Mm. if that mom is reacting to something related to the vaccine, I had this in a DM conversation um, last week. I said, I really hear your fear. And it was, Mm. it was related to her child had reacted to a vaccine years before. And so just acknowledging that for her, she was like, thank you. Not Mm. a lot of people hear that because the anger was covering up for the fear. Totally. She was scared. And so we could have a conversation about what she was feeling and then what she was thinking. And then I can respond better to her and ask what she needs instead of giving her advice. So, so often in these playgroup situations or mom friendships, we advise before we've been like the mom Mm -hmm. hasn't asked for advice. She's being vulnerable and sharing something hard with one of her kids and everyone jumps on her on how she could do differently. And then she feels worse. What would it look like? And especially it's better one-on-one if we're like, oh, how did that make you feel when your child Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z, or that teacher said X, Y, and Z, or they didn't make whatever team or they were suspended from school, whatever the thing is, how did Mm -hmm. that make you feel? What were you thinking? What do you need from me right now? Mm. And it may just be your presence. It may be containment that you keep that information right there. Because the other thing I talk about in these chapters is say it to her face. I learned the hard way and I'm still learning and I still mess up on this a lot. If I wouldn't say whatever I'm going to say with that person standing right there, then I don't need to say it. Mm -hmm. And that sounds extreme, 
But I'm telling you, if you just keep that in your head, it will <laughs> help you from talking about oh, other people, gosh. whether you're saying something nice or not nice, like just don't yeah. say it unless, unless they're standing right there. And so yeah. containing people's stories, and then maybe she's going to ask for prayer or maybe she's going to ask for advice, but wait and see what she needs. And if she doesn't even know what she needs, like give her some options. Do you need this? Do you need, do you need to do any, like, what do you, what can I, yeah. how can I help you right now? And it's such a good way to like model, like how you want to be befriended. Uh-huh. And you know, a lot of people, when they share something hard with me through DMS, because I, I feel like a safe person, I'm not in their everyday life. So they can share something hard with me. And if I respond mm-hmm. in these ways, like, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? What do you need? And then if I say any, like, if they just need to know they're not the only one, that's a huge way to know that you don't mom alone. I am not the only one because shame yeah. wants to keep it hidden. Shame wants yeah. to say, don't share that hard thing. You are the only one who's ever experienced that. And if I'm sitting with a friend and they're like, oh, totally get that. I, I can hundred percent relate to that. That's that identification. I get yes. what you're going through and not like diminishing it because, oh yeah, everybody mm-hmm. goes through that, but more mm-hmm. just, I'm not, I'm not, there's not something wrong with me that this is hard mm-hmm. right now. I saw this in a perfect example this week on my street, a mom who just had a new baby. She brought her kid to school and she was just, she said, she was just sitting on the couch and then all of a sudden it was like way past pickup time. She goes, you guys, I, I legitimately forgot my, to pick up my kid from school. And like, you could tell she just was like feeling so sad and down on herself. And the entire circle goes, oh gosh, I have to set an alarm <laughs> to remember to get my kid. I've totally done that. And just like this wave of relief yeah. of like, oh gosh, you guys, that makes me feel so much better. I'm like, there is so much power in being vulnerable and healing when the circle returns. Oh gosh, like I can't stand my kid at four o'clock either. <laughs> I forgot my kid at school too. Yeah. You know, yes, like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yes, that. This podcast is sponsored by Better Help. In my book, I share a season of hitting rock bottom of depression, anxiety, and seeking professional counseling. And if you're in that space and you have a lot of barriers to getting the help you need, uh, maybe you are struggling to figure out childcare or you don't know who to call and you're kind of afraid to ask someone for a phone number or even make that call and maybe it's the waiting room for you. You don't wanna sit in the waiting room and I get all of those barriers. So that's why I love that we have partnered with BetterHelp because they will help you assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with them in under 48 hours. There's a broad range of expertise available. Check them out, log in anytime, send a message to your therapist and get a timely, thoughtful response. You can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions They are committed to finding a great match for you, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if you need to. It is more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. Don't let anything keep you from the help you need to be this mom you want desperately to be. Visit betterhelp.com slash D-M-A, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, 
Join the over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And we have a special offer for Don't Mom Alone listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash DMA. You have often shared with us your anger issues throughout the years. And first of all, I want to say thank you because that has truly made me feel less alone. I get so angry and it's so helpful to know that that happens in other people's homes. I think in those moments you think I'm the only mother that does this. What prompted you to be curious about this in yourself? What did you do to change and process your behavior and respond differently to your kids? Man, here's the deal. I'm not an angry person, okay? Like I had oh, I had a job where I worked, I mean, if we want to talk about extreme, like I worked with kids who were born deaf and had autism, and I was mm. trying to help with oral rehabilitation. Patience, like so much patience. This mm. is a very hard job. And then with my own children, all of a sudden, I'm slamming doors, I'm yelling, and it was like the more kids that showed up, the worse it got. And mm. I was not the mom that I'd always dreamed. I always dreamed of being a mom. Not everybody does, but I loved it. I had all the mm. Cabbage Patch kids and I even brought them in a high chair to restaurants. Like I was that kid. So I wanted to be a mom. And here I was like such a jerk, like mm. I was not I endearing at all. And I would be doing all the things. It's kind of like Paul's first Corinthians 13. If I do mm. this and I do this and I do this, but I don't have love, it's like a clanging symbol. I'm like, mm. I'm doing the crafts. I have the Curious George birthday party and Bruce dresses up like the man with the yellow hat. I have, you know, the organic baby food, but I don't have mm. pain. Like anger is dominating the emotional yeah, tension, the whole, thing. the whole thing. And it was actually good and angry, but you there have to know the authors, Scott Taransky and Joanne Miller. Okay. If you're going to Google it. But it was the first book that said your anger isn't a problem. Mm. It's like, oh, because I just kept trying to shove it down, like praying that morning. Lord, please help me not be angry today. I'm mm. just not going to be angry today. And within five minutes I was. And I was like, this is not working. What is wrong with me? I don't have enough self-control. That's supposed to be one of the fruit of the spirit. Patience is one of the fruit of the spirit. What's wrong with me? I'm a believer mm. and I have the Holy Spirit. Why can't I just muster this stuff? Mm. And in it, it said, the problem isn't anger. It's when you solve the problem with anger. That's it. Anger is the like warning sign that something's off. Anger is letting us know, get curious. What else is going on in your kids or in you? Do you have too high of expectations? Are you physically exhausted? Yes. Check, check. Is there actual character flaws in your kids? And that's like some of these chapters go into, okay, over and over again, I'm getting mad at one of my kids who keeps asking for things and not and badgering and not letting it go. I'm like, oh, badgering's the thing. So I need to work with him on how to better communicate so that he's an adult people want to be around and not rolling over everybody. So I had to get curious. I also, through that inner healing prayer process, recognized that my anger was really rooted in fear. And so a lot of what was coming out of me was 
fear-based fear that someone's actually going to get hurt. The more kids I had, the less safe I could keep mm. them. They're just like launching off, you know, <laughs> giant structures at the playground as I'm nursing yeah. a baby. I can't, I can't keep yeah. track of everybody. And they're not listening. And they're not listening. I mean, boys, particularly my boys, particularly I have mm. very high energy children. And so there was fear of actual safety, fear of failing, fear of losing people's approval, all of that, like the formulas I hadn't let go of. And so it was coming out sideways as anger. Mm -hmm. I had to deal with my own junk, which again, takes us back to that first section of the book. But so often moms come to me and they're like, I want to stop being angry with my kids. And I'm like, well, we got to do some work beyond just stop being angry. That's not, Mm -hmm. that's not a thing. And it's, Mm -hmm. I'm angry. Why? That's Mm -hmm. the thing. And then eventually the causes of the anger are dealt with. So I'm scared instead of I'm angry. So right now, oh my gosh, what's that feeling? Oh, I'm scared. Okay. Mm -hmm. What am I scared about? What am I scared is going to happen? Like overwhelm and fear are connected. So if you think, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. Well, you're really scared. So what are you scared is going to happen? Right? You're, you're not able to keep up with. So that's where the overwhelm comes. So, yeah. And then with kids, it's like, geez, Louise, can't mm. make them do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's that releasing that control. And I think we don't spend enough time. It's hard in the moment, certainly, but checking in and reflecting on our day, you know, it's that the idea of the feelings wheel, you've got your basic emotions, but they're always secondary to something much deeper. And if you will go further out on the wheel, like how am I frustrated? Am I scared alone? Like where, why am I angry? What else is going on? And how, how could I have handled that differently today? And like, how can I check in with my kids and see why they're really angry or I don't know, just with any behavior or why they're not listening. And I, cause I know for me too, a lot of it is laziness on my part. I'm just yelling and angry because I don't want to get up and I need to get up and I need to look them in the eyes. The two by two by two that. Yes. Mary, Mary, two two feet apart from your kid, two feet planted and two eyes eyes. before you make a request, which is like. Never. Cause I'm not, I don't know about you. I think we're more similar than not, but yeah. I'm not, I'm kind of on the go and flying by the seat of my pants. Yeah. And so, yes. and a lot of my frustration is, is related to my lack of intentionality and planning. Thousand percent. So I have to have systems. Like, that's why I love your systems. Like I am a systems mm-hmm. person. So I, this, I learned, we keep the shoes by the back door and these little, like containers and everybody has their spot. So we don't always like, where are my shoes? I keep the yeah. socks downstairs because socks and shoes go together. Like I have a system, right? But looking when they at younger, things and going, yeah. why is it not working? We don't give ourselves enough grace in the early years to understand that we're building these systems. We're getting to know this person. You just had a baby, like giving yourself time. The young yeah. years feel so insane. And I mean, people say it to you, you don't want to hear it, how short the years are and the long days. Right. But it's true and it's exhausting. And I think where, if I could go back and just nuzzle my little face and whisper to myself and be like, sister, calm down. Like, honestly, so much of the misbehavior 
that I saw in my kids was something going on in them that was out of whack. Mm. What I learned mm. from Carissa Fry, she came on the show, just that whole like window of tolerance, which is this window in their bodies where they're actually alert and able to learn. It's kind of like, remember when they're babies and they're like, feed them and then keep them awake for a little bit and change your diaper and put them to sleep. It's that like they're fed and they're awake for a little bit. So when you're a baby, it's like this really narrow window. And as they get older, that window widens. But mm. so often my kids were out of the window and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, they're so dysregulated. They're so, they're hungry. They're tired. They really legit. I'm not making excuses. They literally are. And to lower That's my helpful. expectations of behavior um, and then to coach them through, it doesn't mean I just let them be little hellions everywhere. Like there's wisdom mm. in, okay, that didn't work. How you just talked to me is not okay. I can say that without getting personally offended. I can't right. believe you just said that to me. That really hurt my feelings. You really need to not talk that way. <laughs> right. That we're coaching them. Yeah. I mean, but I think yeah. again, it's like if we've done that work from the first couple chapters that I talked about, if we've done that work and our identity is coming in Christ and we're secure in who we are in him and our kids yeah. don't get to like dictate who we are, their happiness doesn't get to dictate who we are. Their approval of my choices don't get to dictate who I am. I am centered in the truth of who God says I am and anything else is bonus. Come on with that word. Anything else is that bonus. That is good. That is good. And we're ending on unpacking kind of the, the big kahuna. I mean, if we're if we're following you, my assumption would be that we are wanting to parent our kids through the lens of knowing Jesus and following him and really wanting our kids to know him and know that they are loved. But in that process, we can't control that decision for them. And a lot of times uh, we have really difficult kids. And they have difficult questions and they're challenging everything about us. And I just feel like this is just a huge collision because all I know is little kids. And I can't imagine this gets way more difficult with teens and their complicated lives and complicated questions. Heather, what, how am I, how do I release this? Yeah, no, it's hard. And um, I think it's around 11 that they, they start to really question faith that you've maybe been like, oh yeah, they're totally in. They totally get it all. They're totally following mm. Jesus. And you're like, wait, what? Where's all this, where's this, all this doubt coming from? Mm. Um, and even embracing those questions in that stage. But why did you give me this mm. challenging child? And mm. I think that it comes to, you come to a place where you're just really, truly surrendering. And instead of what I tried for many years to control and maybe even give excuses for it, become codependent with it's like, okay, I'm redirecting my attention from being a hundred percent all about this kid and making sure they turn out or accept Jesus or whatever it is to, I'm going to focus on my faith. I'm going to model that I spend time in God's word, that I am praying that I I'm like here with God. And mm. if this child witnesses it, and we have gospel conversations along the way, driving to and from school or when hard things happen, and God grabs a hold of his heart that way, mm-hmm. then I have God's superpower in my child because there's no junior Holy Spirit. So there's mm-hmm. work that can be done from the inside out that I could never do if I'm just so hyper focused on. I've got to make sure this kid is better, you know, like mm-hmm. and acceptable. And so that I enjoy being his or her mom more. It's like, okay, 
That's how they're made. Even Mm -hmm. if it's different, even if it's hard, internal parenting from God, so much better than any external parenting I can do. Mm, That's so good. And I think it just frees us up to like, remember that God is doing a work in us and he has a life and a journey that he wants us to live and be faithful to. And it just makes, I think, long-term better relationships with your kids, which isn't that what we want is ultimately they're going to be adults way longer than they're going to be kids. A hundred percent. And I think so often, and especially in evangelical spaces, so much shame and like mm -hmm. manipulation happens around be good and do, do good that we Mm -hmm. lose their hearts to the gospel. It's all about cleaning outside the cup. And it makes me a little crazy. I feel like we're, we are doing the thing where we hang a stone yeah. around their neck that is not theirs to carry. But if we can woo them with the truth of the gospel, I mean. Yeah. Cause then they spend the rest of their lives trying to unattach from our process shame instead of the truth. I, yeah, there you are yeah, loved. I think we you don't have do to this. earn it. You don't have to earn it. It's no. not that you are unworthy. We are not living. This is what I feel like. I feel like so many, or at least how I was like growing up in the parenting I saw was old Testament parenting. Mm. Like we still had, like, here are the rules to dictate behavior instead of new Testament parenting, which is you've already made right, been made right with God through Christ, through his resurrection. And now he rules your heart. And that motivates this behavior of kindness and compassion and goodness. That's not like, you know, it's like this flipping around of Mm -hmm. the story. And so parenting as a new Testament believer is Mm -hmm. so key. You know, you just reminded me of, I don't know what some famous author, maybe it was C.S. Lewis. I'm not sure that just said that they need to hear the gospel every single day. And I just feel so reminded of like that. I need to be reminded of that because then I can remember to be truly sharing that with my kids because I'm getting so distracted by behavior and I'm getting distracted by all of the things we've talked about this past few weeks and wanting to control this whole narrative and that this is about my approval and none of that is true. Yeah. And it's just such a great spot to end and to remember that we are loved. Yeah. Meet yeah. your kids at the foot of the cross. I don't know that's if it, it was Jeannie Cunyon or Paul David Tripp. Somebody I interviewed said that. And I was like, that's it. Like if you meet them there, it isn't this like, why aren't you better? Mm. <laughs> but like neither of us. No, we we're both. If we both together. got it perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't need him. Mm-hmm. We'd be good. And if we could all meet our friends there and show grace to other moms and meet our kids and just trust God's identity over us, if we could all Mm-hmm. do that work instead of all this energy towards keeping up this formula. Um, there's just a freedom that I really want for moms that they get to the end of this book. And there's just this release of like, yes. okay, there are, there are intentions I can have. God sees our intentions, but I can drop that perfection. I can drop mm-hmm. the need to perform and just embrace the relationships he's put in my circle. What a gift this is. What a gift you are. Thank you for these conversations. Thank you for how hard you worked to Uh, write this book for us. 
Thank you for recording podcasts for us for so many years, so faithfully. So, well. so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you Guys, for doing this. Welcome. It's welcome. done. We did it. Yay. Okay. It's happened. The book is out and about. If you would just pray that it lands in the hands of the right moms who need to be encouraged right where they are, that they're important but not essential, that God is bigger than them and he can redeem all things, and that it's worth taking the risk. It's worth being vulnerable to have people walk alongside you in life. I am so thankful for where God's brought me today and the relationships I have, the mentors and the friends. I'm just really thankful for all these relationships. And it is worth, you know, doing the work to stay connected to your kids so that they know God's love, so that they know what it is to have a relationship with him by following your example. So I'm going to pray over us. I'm going to pray over where this book goes and where you are right now. So join me. Um, Lord, I, I can't even put words in gratitude to you to allowing me the opportunity to encourage the parent out there who's weary, who's isolated, who is feeling like a failure and the enemy has them wrapped up in discouragement and unbelief of the truth of who they are, God, and you. I pray, Lord, that this would be the start of freedom for these moms, that they would find hope and healing that it can only be in you. I pray for families, that they would find connection that they would do the work in their own individual lives to then come together as a unit to glorify you. I pray for communities, that they would find unity in their differences. I pray that the enemy would not get a foothold in any of our lives, but they could we could cling to truth, cling to the truth of who you are and who you've called us to be, and ultimately that you are the God who is over our kids and working in our kids and have big plans that are going to outlast our own lives and the lives of our kids and our grandkids and the legacy that we've begun. I pray that we would keep all these things in mind as we interact daily in our families. I pray for this book to end up in hands of women desperately in need of your encouragement and hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. Okay. So if you don't know and you've listened to all this and you're like, Heather, I still don't know where to get your book. Just go to don'tmomalone.com forward slash book. And we even created like a listener guide that goes along with the book. There's a QR code in the back of the book that takes you there, but it's don'tmomalone.com forward slash book episodes. And it's just different episodes that I'm linking to that coincide with the chapters a shorter curated list than all 300. If you've received your book today or maybe a few days ago, if you bought it from Amazon, if you can go to Amazon and leave a review, that is huge. It means that then Amazon 
shares the book with more moms. And you are part of this mission. You are on the team. And if you bought it from other places, leaving reviews there. If you have a Goodreads account, if you share it on your social media, make sure to tag me at Don't Mom Alone. And I want to let you know, uh, when I was shipping out books to endorsers, I met an amazing mom, Amanda. She works at the UPS store. She has five boys. And our little Instagram community came together And I was thinking I would just give the proceeds from our Don't Mom Alone shirts to help Amanda, who shared with me that she wants to write a book. I was going to help put all that money together and just give her like a visa card to say, hey, I believe in your dreams. Um, Our community, we have come together and we want you to go buy that laptop. Well, you all surprised me and we collected on Venmo over $1,200. And so... I am going to be giving her that laptop. I think also we'll have a Visa card to be able to give her. And I'm just in awe. Y'all are amazing. You are for each other. You are for moms and they're thriving with their kids and, you know, outside your kids to be your own person. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being amazing people. We are going to be doing something a little different next week. I want to start here and there having episodes for the new mom so we can make sure we have a good welcoming sign if they are entering this motherhood posse. And so we'll have a episode for the new mom or maybe this is your third or fourth kid and you need the information we're going to share. I think it's going to be helpful for everyone. I learned some things. So meet me back here next week. Thank you for all your support and your love around the book. You are the most amazing moms ever and dads. You dads out there, I I see you. I see you. Don't dad alone. All right. Adios. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.